and welcome to The Beaten Track. I'm Joe Bullock and as always I'm joined by Louis Baker. Hello Joseph, how are you doing? I'm, I'm pretty um, pretty okay, yeah. You, you've chosen the, the album for this week. It's one that I wasn't too familiar with, so um, would you like to okay. introduce? Yeah, well, I went for the, um, the Clash's debut album. So yeah, an absolute Stonewall classic. Yes, uh, and it's called The Clash. Just in case yes. anyone didn't know, um, yeah, I feel like the, the Clash albums. I'm kind of familiar to a certain extent with them, but like you know, they're always like I haven't like listened to this album that intently. Same with like giving give them enough rope and stuff like that. So for for me, Combat Rock and uh, London Calling were the ones that really I've listened to a lot. But yeah, there's obviously a, an intensity to this album and a sort of cultural i feel like the place of it within the british punk scene especially is very influential like 100 percent. yeah i mean i think it's this album and you know definitely this album and um never mind the bollocks are um you know the sort of definitive british punk albums and and certainly the ones that um are sort of kind of iconic i guess as well maybe maybe never mind the bollocks is a little bit more people view it as maybe a little bit more important or um but yeah certainly this one i mean for me is the um is the sort of certainly of that early era that early sort of british punk that's sort of 77 78 kind of era this is the one um that stands out to me as being sort of the best one feels to me very much like a, a parallel to, to the Ramones first album really like mm. the, a very similar sound I think and similar production style and stuff which I think maybe never mind um, never mind the bollocks is a bit like I don't know I feel like it, it's a bit um, perhaps with John Lennon's vocals and stuff it, it, it operates on a slightly different plane of like this more sort of um, I don't know how to, how to describe it. This kind of creepy, like, um, I don't know. I guess the Clash and, and Ramones sound aggressive, but they've got this this edge to them that are very sort of intensely catchy and listenable. And yeah, I think that's what's great about this album is the while being quite varied and and hinting at the the influences and the the roads that the Clash would go down later on. It's very punchy and like to the point and. It never outstays as well. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, I think it's a better record than Nevermind the Bollocks. Um, but I'm I guess I'm a little bit biased because I just I do just love the Clash. But I do think that there's that. Yeah, you're definitely right. The Clash and the Ramones have more of that, uh, uh, more sort of similar. There's the more sort of populist idea of punk, the more um, embracing appeal. Certainly in the Clash's politics and. The sort of the identity, especially on this record, and the, the sort of blue collar, working class sort of appeal, and the uh, lyrics. There's a populism kind of thing going on, and um, whereas for the the Sex Pistols, it's a kind of, you know, they were sort of 
they want people to hate them. So it's that it's more of that sort of appeal. So yeah, there's definitely a sort of more similarity with um, the Ramones sort of sound. Yeah, and and I think yeah, I I don't think that I don't think the Nevermind the Bonds is is bad. I'm not one of those people who just like sort of dismisses it, but I just I don't think it's as good. And, and to be honest with you, in terms of albums around that time, I was wondering what whether there was any you thought that were that were sort of better or not because i was i was thinking in terms of i mean i guess as a genre punk uh, that early sort of british punk wasn't really too much focused on albums but you know there's a lot about bands that i can think of think of the jam x-ray specs richard hell the buzzcocks the damned all sort of releasing um albums and stuff but none i don't think stand up to this one you know the, the buzzcocks singles compilation is pretty good but i don't think there's one that stands up to this I, I don't really have that much familiarity with like the British punk albums. That I mean, there's a lot of American sort of punk and and, and post punk albums that are coming out in '77 that I really enjoy. Uh, are the Slits British? I'm not sure um, what nationality the Slits were, but their their first album is quite good album. Yeah, uh, quite good. And yeah, for me though, it's um, well, Richard Hell obviously Television. Television's first album comes out in '77, obviously a New York album um suicides first album things like that um, yeah definitely i think there's yeah i think if you if you touch on sort of american so there's a quite a couple obviously there's crass as well crass released a couple of things at the time but yeah television and stuff but i think in terms of the british side of punk and the sort and, and when the british scene really took off i think the class for me sort of stand out as being above sort of the others and, t- and certainly in terms of debut album releases this one sort of stands out I think that the British punk scene might have diversified a bit. Like, I think American punk, you always had the, the sort of post-punk side, like with bands like television and stuff. But then you have um, hardcore and post-hardcore and stuff going into the 80s and 90s. Whereas I feel like British punk, you know, the clash goes straight on to, to making more pop albums or incorporating mm-hmm. more reggae. I don't feel like the the actual sort of standard punk movement sort of lasted that long or... or I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely um, there's a stronger sort of hardcore punk scene in the US, and and I think the Clash definitely influenced that as well. You know, the Clash appeared, you know, are often name checked in a lot of sort of hardcore punk um, US bands and stuff. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Clash very quickly went on to something. You know, the second record, which I think is pretty good, um, give enough rope. Um, I think a little bit underrated actually. Obviously, it's another sort of punk record, but you know, by 1979 they'd moved on. You know, London Calling is a completely different animal, although it's not. You know, it doesn't completely sort of. You know, you can you can see where the progression has come and stuff. Um, but yeah, they were doing something completely different, and the Sex Pistols didn't last long, and you know, the Jam moved on to become something that was more than punk and, and yeah. And then by that time you sort of got British post-punk, I guess. So like Joy Division and stuff. So yeah, it, I suppose it didn't last very long, but um, yeah, this album for me always stands out as the, um, as the one in terms of that, those couple of years were, you know, the punk sort of um, scene really took off in the UK. Right. Uh, do you want to get right into the album then? Or um, Well, yeah, I think, I think we might as well, yeah. I think, um, yeah. I was just, I think, just my general thoughts about the album. I just think, 
what it does well is that um, it just kind of it gets the sort of punk rock feeling quite right. It's just sort of fourteen pretty um, um, sort of incendiary tracks. They've got quite a lot of you know there's there's some rage in there, but there's also a lot of class consciousness. There's a lot about unemployment, a lot about disenfranchisement, stuff about race, and also the feeling of sort of rebellion and stuff. And I think it just you know, it's certainly not an album that lasts long, lasts very long. It's only about 30 minutes. And um, yeah, I think it just gets it right. I think you, with 14 tracks and none of them stay for too long, I think it just um, works pretty well and, and sort of distills that sort of idea of what the clash were and what the movement were pretty well. Yeah, I think also they they did have the musicianship down at this point. And I think that's why... Perhaps they did, mm. they did move on to different styles and stuff because I think what they did with this album um, and maybe we've given, given enough rope is, is, yeah, they just had the musicianship locked down really for, from quite an early stage because they were quite dedicated. And, yeah, I mean, the first track that you get, Journey Jones, is just the catchiest thing ever. It's a great um, mm. punk track. Love it to bits. It's one of my favourite songs on the album, I'd say. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, and it... It's funny because it is a punk track, but it has also got something a little bit more. Um, it's quite tuneful, I guess, for um, for a sort of short, uh, quick punk track. But yeah, it's got that brilliant sort of stab, stabby guitar start, and um, yeah, that refrain that um, that is the chorus. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's a great example of I think why the Clash. I feel like the Clash are better than a lot of the. Um, punk counterparts at the time songs like that there's kind of a simplicity to it but it but it works so well yeah it's a fantastic track and we've also got that that what they come back to the sort of um the sort of uh aesthetic the the sort of army aesthetic that they come back to is the kind of the drums are very much this kind of staggered almost like mm. you know yeah they've got this very staggered sort of would be like a, a drill sergeant or a drill kind of uh, sound, basically. And I think that is sort of a, a beat or a, a sort of aesthetic sort of styling that they come back to a lot of the time. And yeah, nothing, nothing else is there. I mean, like that's the thing about talking about tracks on this album is that you know a lot of them are so short and stuff, but they yeah they sort of blaze past. But they're all quite you know I'm, I'm sure there's other ones that we'll get to that um i'm sure we'll get to play some thieves uh eventually um but yeah yeah hey. i think i do think that the first um yeah you're right you know the, the songs do fly back and I, I, I fly by sorry and i do think that the first i'd say the first five tracks are pretty um pretty good at what they do in terms of uh, in terms of hitting home and and the sort of the short, the snappiness of a sort of punk tune. I think Remote Control, the second song's great. Um, it's the first time you get Mick Jones's vocals as well. And it's a good example of, because I do think that obviously the Jones strummer thing, you were saying before about the how good um, and tight they were as a band. But yeah, Jones, I think Mick Jones is a, just a fantastic guitarist. And the, the sort of balance between Jones and strummer on this record is really interesting because you've got sort of, Joe Strummer, whose guitar is really sort of choppy and 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 sort of stabbed at, and his vocals are sort of like barked and um, kind of slurred in a way. And then you've got Jones, who's got these more sort of 
boyish vocals and then these sort of more interesting guitars, more sort of reggae and blues sort of influenced guitar tones. And probably Joe wins out on this album. I think later on in the clashes, the class discography, Mick Jones starts to win out a bit more and he starts to influence their work a bit more. Um, but yeah, Remote Control was a fantastic example of the two of them singing together and a lot of focus on politicians and bureaucrats and the police and big business and the chance of regression in the background. I think it's a great track. Mm. Uh, when you get through these tracks as well, like like I'm so bored with the USA and Remote Control, it's again, the hooks are so sort of, they've mm. got this, yeah, it's, a, it's very uh, sort of lo-fi, um, sort of not heavily produced punk album, but but th- there's something about the hooks that are so accessible and, and like, yeah, they're almost, you, you could sing along to them instantly. And yeah, there's this kind of fierce repetition to it, but also like they're they're out so quick. So yeah, I, I thought it was interesting reading up about uh, Strummer's, because he learned to play guitar on, he was left-handed, but he uses right-handed mm. guitar. So I think it's interesting that the idea that, that influenced like his style basically that was not not as technically um gifted as mick jones on, on the guitar or whatever yeah. but it's still this yeah. sort of yeah he's got a really great sort of the way he plays guitar is quite got quite a robotic just up and down sort of hand thing going on and yeah i think it's really good and, and you know i'm so bored with the usa that you just mentioned like that's a great example of the of the two of them you know, that was originally a, a Mick Jones track about sort of an ex-girlfriend and it was called I'm So Bored With You and Strummer just got rid of that and said, we'll just add USA on the end of that and then created a completely different track. And yeah, it's a great chorus. Also, the reason why I picked this album was because of the events going on in America last week and it made You're me think of that song. bored with the USA. Yeah, yeah. Just, just bored with the USA, yeah. Well, that's fair play. I mean... Yeah, there's something too about the lyricism of the album, the the sort of reverence of it and the kind of the mix of kind of this kind of pub rock sort of slightly, you know, either either a humorous take or like just a, a sort of an ability to throw things around and, and kind of quite chaotic. But then the mix of that with like social commentary and stuff, but I think that's a great quality of the album that... Um, yeah, a lot of bands didn't have or, or would either going in e- either direction, either more aggressively political or just ap- apolitical in a way. I think they, they strike a good balance between that sort of, yeah, that pop sensibility and the, the, the more um, sort of charged sort of imagination that you know, that would have been like quite appealing to a lot of people. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I guess that's, there's a difference. I guess the main difference between the Clash and the Pistols is that sort of the Pistols being sort of um, more anarchic, although I'm sure that the Clash were, I guess, in their own way as well, but more nihilistic and, and more sort of about sort of gobbling over people and stuff. And the Clash being a little bit more sort of, um, charged in the sort of and sort of idealistic in a sense and they have this more sort of gen quite clear leftist ideology that's you know you can you can you get from the first couple of tracks here quite clearly and yeah that's something that attracted me to them definitely and i think it sort of helped in their appeal i mean the next track white riot is um 
a particularly interesting one, you know, certainly fits the idea of being politically charged, but um, yeah, certainly one of the most important tracks in, in sort of British punk. It was extremely popular as the Clash's first symbol, first single, and it's played at sort of breakneck speed and it's really raw and riotous and, and it's a call to arms really for, um, for white people. Um, and it's a, it's an, a really interesting, it's a, it's an interesting track and um, because it's kind of, it's written after the Notting Hill riots, um, Notting Hill carnival riots. And it's in kind of admiration and, and sort of attempted solidarity to, um, to uh, sort of black resistance in the UK. And, but I think, it's kind of con- it's, it's got a bit of controversy to it as well. It's, I guess its message is kind of clumsy and hasn't aged that well, even though the Clash are quite proudly a, an anti-fascist band and and um, you know played at Rock Against Racism and you know very important to sort of punk reggae music and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm interested to see what you think about this track because it's got a little bit of controversy around it. Well, I wasn't I wasn't too aware of the controversy to be honest, but. Um... Well, probably because it, <laughs> sorry, it's not like a track that I'm that um, familiar with before. And to be honest, I think I don't know what the lyrics of the verses are. So all I'm hearing is, is white riot. I want to riot. So yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that's true, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, yeah. You can miss sort of the, yeah. It's, there's nothing, there's nothing sort of, um, there's nothing sort of bad said or anything like that. It's just, um, it's just the p- positioning of it as, as white yeah. riot rather than. Yeah. I think. I think some people have likened it to sort of there was I think there was some sort of especially at the time in punk music there was maybe a bit of a split and there was some sort of far right sort of like oi punk bands and stuff that were starting to pull on a similar message of you know if if black people are rioting white people should riot and and I think the clash you know sort of had to distance themselves because this track was maybe sort of confused in a sense and people thought maybe it meant something else but you know the clash became something um, you know, quite quickly managed to get away from that message and became something very different. And a lot of their music and um, their influences. And you know, there's another track on this, you know, Police and Thieves that we'll get onto later that you know makes it quite clear that the Clash are not um, sort of pandering to that. They're sort quite. Of... A, they're a band with a history of being misinterpreted. I think. I think that mm. happens with Rock the Casper quite a lot as well. Yes. It's it's words have been been taken out of context in such a wild way that I feel like Joe Strum has actually had like quite a lot of sort of personal sort of struggle with that the idea of his music being sort of appropriated in that way. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Where I don't know. I think that maybe that's a, a sort of um, a hazard of, of punk music in in general because you have to be um, sort of quick and punchy and you know, the lyrics have to sort of make sense almost immediately, but then that does risk this kind of, this brutishness, maybe this kind of um, ability to be misinterpreted or, or, or become a sort of a slogan for, for, for other groups and stuff. So, yeah. I think there was a film about rock against racism called White Riot that came out like last year or yeah. something. Yeah, it's really interesting. I watched the maybe, I think I watched the documentary or stuff on on the clash that was focused quite a lot on it. And that, you know, obviously they, they played that, that track in that, um, at that event and they were like the sort of the main act there and stuff. So yeah, an interesting sort of tale and the clash are interesting. The clash is sort of the way they sort of adopted outsider iconography and, and the outsider sort of, um, 
sort of style and in, in all her work is kind of interesting. Obviously, the later work, like Sand and Easter, um, a lot of it touches on like sort of rebel groups and Joe Strummer often used to wear sort of sort of con- guess controversialist t-shirts of like sort of um, leftist um, um, military organisations in in different countries. Some will call them terrorist groups and stuff like that. So yeah, they they, they certainly um, have very interesting and 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 uh, sort of relationship with their uh, politics and um, and resistance and stuff like that so yeah they're a very interesting band yeah and, and a relationship that a lot of british punk bands didn't have there was a lot of um yeah. the sort of edgy sort of side of like of Susie Sue and, and sex business and stuff like donning swastikas and things like that like there was the i don't think we we had as much of a like um a, a sort of um white nationalist punk movement in the uk but there was definitely a kind of more on that that sort of side of, of yeah trying to get people to hate you and stuff that kind of use of that iconography but yeah the clash uh another thing that's so appealing about them is that they are always like quite genuine and um i think that's yeah something that's endearing about their music and and has helped to age so well i think but yeah, yeah um do you talk about police and thieves or I feel like yeah, let's let, let's talk about police and thieves. Great song. When all the crowd come in a day by day and no one stops it in any way. All the peacemaker turn war officer. Yeah, well, I think it's one of the more it, the more different tracks on the album, I guess, because it is longer and because it, it you know, it's a, a reggae track and, you know, hints at those, those avenues that The Clash would go down, like, in a much more um, dedicated sort of broader way in, in that a lot of their music would become immersed in that culture and stuff. So, so yeah, what, what do you think about this track, though? I think it's... As much as this is like a sort of, um, you know, often regarded as one of the best punk albums and all the rest of it, I mean, this is, to me, strikes me as the best track on the uh, on the album. I think it's great. Um, I think it's such a a strong sort of cover, but it, it's something more than the cover. And obviously, the the song is you know synonymous with the um, the Notting Hill Carnival riots again. Um, but it's not just a cover; it, it's the Clash's sort. It's the start of the Clash's relationship with uh, reggae music and ska music, and certainly Jamaican influences that would um, turn up again on London Call, in particularly. Um, yeah, jo- and Mick Jones's guitar is just so good. I mean, yeah, the, it's yeah they called it sort of punk reggae, and um, and that's kind of I guess the start of a genre a little bit in, in the way you know and certainly the influence can be heard in bands like um the specials and stuff like that on and and sort of um two-tone music in the uk after that particularly yeah and bob marley went on to write um a song after hearing this so uh yeah i think it i just think it's a great track yeah it's like um yeah that reggae influence permeates obviously london calling and i think 
the the only different the the main different the main the main difference between these and like uh, say like scar groups and stuff is ju- is just the instrumentation really. I think in terms mm. of the rhythm and and the use of guitars and stuff is very, yeah, they very much managed to capture this reggae sound, but like, you know, slightly different, slightly, slightly, you know, just into that sort of lo-fi sort of punk style and, yeah, maybe, um, I don't know, yeah, just the becomes more um, more of a link to their popular success later, I suppose that kind of crossover appeal but they're never they're, ne- they're never uh, viewed as like necessarily as integral to that that movement i guess do you know what i mean like they're sort mm. of definitely outside of the two-tone obviously because they're not yeah, the label, but yeah. yeah um it was obviously a core part of, of, of some of their great their great songs basically yeah definitely uh, yeah i mean they went on and and yeah, embraced a lot of influences and, you know, definitely not just reggae. There was lots of dub and, and rock and roll influences as well. And, and, and lots of things. And then more as they, as they got further down the line, more sort of world music influences as well. They were, they were, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great track. And yeah, the Mick Jones's guitar on, on that track is, yeah, I think I mentioned that before, but yeah, certainly um, it is great. And there's yeah, there's a lot of there are a lot of, a couple of tracks on the album that are just, I guess some people sometimes call it like meat and potatoes punk or something like that. There there are some that are just sort of, um, pretty okay. And but I, there's a couple more. I mean, I really like um, career opportunities, but there's not a load to say about it. It's another one that like um, another example of the class kind of being, um, sort of very aware of political and economic issues and very literate in that, in their, you know, very, um, you know, clever in the way that they wrote about it. You know, there was no, there was no sort of, there was no one else making music like that at the time. And yeah, it's got a great lyric in it about how Joe Strummer hates the army and hates the RAF. I, I do I do quite like that one. And um, yeah, it's got, you know, London's Burning is another great one and Hate and War again. That's like the inversion of Peace and Love and the, the final yeah. track. Yeah, yeah, go on. I just like hating war. It's a great tr- again. It's like one of those those choruses that you can just yell out, and it's got this nice sort of. I don't know. The for some reason the vocals sound a bit different to me. It's kind of like um, almost like this kind of cut off sort of yell or like is it's, it's got such an unrehearsed sort of quality to it that's quite yeah. It's very fun. So. Yeah, I think it's got it, it also that track to me has a little hint of the. Um, the guitar grooves and sounds in London calling a little bit that track. I think that sounds there's a, it's a little bit less sort of driven and, and, and sort of like the punky sort of sound of white riot. It's a bit more, it's got these sort of slightly different sort of guitar tones. So yeah, brilliant track. And then the final track garage land is like, you know, I mean, I absolutely love that track. It's written in response to um, the enemy a review from the, back from yeah the infamous enemy that said that they should they were a garage band and they should stay in the garage um and yeah i think it's great i love this i mean it's just great the chorus is fantastic and yeah i like that sort of self mythology thing that they do and they're sort of you know we are a garage band and we're going to stay like it forever and um obviously they moved on to be much more but um, i do like it i think it's great yeah not not the first well yeah it's just quite funny that there were multiple punk bands sort of 
doing digs at the enemy and like you know on mm. their albums and stuff i guess that they, they wish they had that much influence now i suppose um <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting um well i mean i don't have too much to say about the album from from here on really i mean yeah it's just great great punk sort of tracks one after the other and you can't really go wrong with it i think it i think maybe because of the the sort of expansive quality of the later releases maybe it's uh, still quite a good introduction to the clash as a band mm. a good one to start on maybe this or yeah it depends what you're into really if you like sort of uh sort of raw punk and stuff then it's the, the self-titled maybe if you're into more the sort of pop and the reggae and stuff then then combat rock or something so mm. yeah i think they're they're pretty they're just a, a great british band really they're not yeah, they're just one of the greats, really, aren't they? So, can't go wrong. Yeah, they are. They, I mean, yeah, they're absolutely great. And yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's definitely not a perfect album, but it's yeah, it's it's got a great feeling of 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 the scene at the time and 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 punk and stuff. And and yeah, it's certainly um, a favourite of mine. But yeah, I, I think I think I had to listen to this before I really got like London Calling and. Um, Sandinista and stuff. I never, I've never really got into combat rock that much, but I guess I haven't needed to. Maybe a little bit because I mean, you know, you'll never fully listen to Sandinista because there's so much stuff in there and stuff. So, um, uh, but yeah, um, it's it is a great album and it's got this kind of messy sort of tinny sound, kind of sort of tinny sound going on as well. That's kind of, um, kind of fun. So yeah, I think I do think it's a great album, and it's a good in, yeah. You're right; it's a good introduction to to punk the punk scene at the time. Certainly, if you're going to look, go and listen on to more hardcore punk things, this is like a good place to start as well. So yeah, it's a it's a great album, and we love the Clash. Yes, they've got our approval, which they've wanted for so long. Um, so I have got um, a little quiz. Okay. So I've got three questions that are all related, but I've, I'm going to start with a little, not a question, but just a little fun fact, because I do think it's quite funny. You know, um, so Terry Chimes was the drummer on this album. But yes. You, but he kind of left the band before it was released. Do, do you know the name he was credited with on the album? Tory. Yeah, it's like Tory something, wasn't it? Tory Crimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think that's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll put that to one side. I've got three questions about um, like clash gigs and fights, sort of. Um, so yeah. So the first question is: uh, Paul uh, Semenon, who is a bass player, got into a fight um, at a Ramones gig with a member of another band. Do you know what band that might have been? Oh, I see. I've read this very recently. Um, but who? Was yeah, it's it? got a famous scuffle, I think. Oh, mm. this is annoying because I literally read it on Wikipedia like yesterday. Yeah, so, wait, what band's gig was it again? It was the it was a Ramones gig. Right. I mean, and I've just got to name which band the mem- members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just any, just a, a band that was around at the time. Oh. <sighs> I'm going to say the Sex Pistols, but I don't think it was. I think it was someone a bit more different. It it was the Stranglers. Oh, yeah. 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 I think they were a bit more up for a fight, the Stranglers. 
Well, you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know a lot about them. Okay. Well, they are called the Stranglers, I guess. So there's, yeah, there's true. a reputation to uphold there, isn't there? Surely. Okay. Number two. Uh, which famous uh, artist, musician, uh, got part of his earlobe bitten off at a Clash gig? There's some fantastic photos of it, and there's a great headline below the photo saying cannibalism at Clash gig, and there's a photo of this person with blood all dripping down their ear. And, um, oh, wait, yeah. which person or which band? Yeah, which person? Are we? Oh, my God, I have no so idea. They featured on the uh, on the podcast before this person. What the person or band? The band Sorry, that the band, the band that, that that person were in. Yeah. All right. What have we done? Yeah. Just go through the uh, back catalogues. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but the problem is, I will think like that because. Oh, okay. Uh, but but the problem is, whenever I come up with an answer, I'll know if we've done a podcast on them or not. But then I can't think of the person that it actually is. So like, I'm always going to be saying someone but I know it's not. Re- this I tell you what, this one really makes sense. You know, this is the kind of person you would expect to be. You know, he's um, got a rela- he's got a relationship with the class. Okay, maybe Shane McGowan. It was Shane McGowan. Yes. Oh, okay. You should look up the, the photo. Is great. If he's sort of holding his ear and smiling with all this blood sort of dripping down, it's, it's great. Okay, and last one. Um, who did Paul again? Paul was always involved in this. Uh, have to kick off stage when they became over enthusiastic at a class gig, uh, and then he later realised that it was someone quite famous a uh, a female musician um i'll just go susie sue or something oh it's patty smith oh wow there's a really great video of him explaining it like he he explains that this person like comes on and gets all in his face while he's trying to play and then he sort of kicks them in the stomach and they like fly into the crowd and then he only when like they fall down does he realize who it is so yeah um, yeah. Well, there you go. I got one. Well, it's better than none. It's true. Uh, yeah, I think that looks the easiest as well. It? Well, although I should have known the first one because I looked it up. But no, it's not. It's it's a guessing game. That one, I wouldn't beat yourself up with too. Well, there you go. That is that is the clash's uh, self-titled. Yeah, and um, well, we I think we might be doing a list next week, though. Oh, are we? Uh, I think maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Mm, we'll have to double check on I that. Think one. We might be episode nineteen now. Obviously, okay. listeners will know. But okay, yeah, oh, that we'll means I've got to get get deciding. If not, sorry for the false alarm, everyone. We'll just be doing <laughs> something normal. An album. But yeah. Um, that's it from us then. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a nice week. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs>